The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deek speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofa. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Fofa. I'm Will Anderson and uh well, first time guest Charlie Clausen's on the show. Uh very excited to have them here. Uh Jason and Randy Sklar. Yes. Now, Hello. The first comedy team. We were talking about this off air. You've had more than one person on the podcast, yeah. but never a various guests, duo. but never a team, never a a duo. Well, you did our podcast recently and people loved you. It was so great. I mean, I don't have to tell your fans how great you are, but our fans no, really do need to tell our them fans. Yeah, that's, how the, that's how the podcast traditionally starts. Right. He people needs on. us to stroke his ego for the Can first time. Can I like prop minutes. you up a little higher? No, that was He's great. very fragile, Randy. <laughs> You were great, man, and people really responded to you. Especially. Well, it was funny. I was, I, I was, uh, I was th- wondering because we talked about AFL a lot. We talked about a lot, a lot about de- so deep in it, and like our fans kind of loved it in the way that I hoped that they would because right. they don't know much about it. We no. don't get a lot of it here. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, and I, and I'm. So excited to talk about it, but at the same time, I'm like, does this just sound like gibberish? Mm-hmm. Like I'm like they're going, and no, you no. got to you got to get around lethal, and he broke a goalpost, and they're like, what is this crazy? No, no, no. Game? I went and watched. Someone <laughs> tweeted at us, you got to watch him break right goalposts, <laughs> and they're like, it's fucking priceless. And I wa- I went back and watched it on the we watched it on the plane. We were flying. Uh, to yeah, Cincinnati. Randy's like, you got to see this, and I'm like, what? And he, you see the guy run into the goalpost, and then yeah. the top, top of it just of it fly just off, right. falls off like the top. We of, were like, laughing so hard, and he would set it up so beautifully and i was just even fascinated by the grounds i'm right. looking at like what are the stands in this thing and where and how many people can so, watch well this okay so the mcg which is the main place that it's played the melbourne cricket ground which is originally a cricket ground hence the name mcg right uh, converted it to an australian right well it's uh, cricket's our summer game and uh, football's our winter game right. so it's fine now because football has become like so successful in Australia, like Australian football, now what happens is that football starts earlier and earlier and finishes later and later, and now there's like fights with cricket because yeah. then those guys have bats, so right. you got to be wa- you got to right. watch out. But <laughs> yeah. the other guys are so tough that I'm right. sure they could take a <laughs> bat take to a the bat head. to the back. That's right, <laughs> easy. They've got a. I don't know if you guys know much about the the uh, equipment you wear when you're playing cricket. Have you ever? Yes, I seen like their shin guards. Right, so you got pads on the front of. Yeah. Uh, you wear like, like a sweater or a shirt with like elbows, some elbow pads right, and stuff. Elbow you wear pads. some elbow pads. Definitely wear a helmet with a face guard. Yep. Um, now, this is, by the way, though, the helmet with the face guard, which everybody wears now, right? right? Like, it, it was only 20 years ago where there'd be dudes who did not wear helmets. It's Look, like hockey. In hockey. In they, hockey. The goalie. In, in, in ho- and not field hockey, but ice hockey. Right. Let me make the distinction because you... The goalies in the NHL, the National Hockey League, which is Canada and the United States, they didn't even have masks 40 years ago. Yeah. Masks. Like, we're talking about... Pucks flying at their face. At their face. At their face with no, no mask. mask whatsoever. I mean, that is, 
It's and you stupid. Know, and, it's but stupid. The, but the other thing is, uh, well, it certainly happened in like cricket. The first person to put on a helmet was considered to be the biggest, the biggest pussy biggest ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <of sports>. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was this guy in cricket called Tony Gregg because the West Indian bowlers they were the fastest bowlers in the world, and they were like they could you know you literally could get in the head hit in the head and, and die from right. like how million fast dollar they were. arm that movie with John Hamm was about the two right. guys who were cricket bowlers who then went and pitched in the, in uh, the major in league the baseball. baseball. Yeah. yeah, it's these guys were really fast and so this guy tony Gregg like wore a wore, wore a helmet out but it wasn't like no one was designing cricket helmets then right. so he would, he wore like a motorbike helmet right <laughs> like he went out to bat in cricket like, with a visor straight like, down this is like old school cricket you know all white all pads you, you know gentlemen a... in their sweaters sort of thing right. and he's got like a motorcycle helmet on. that's hilarious so out of place he right. comes to school like it comes there with like a construction hat and there used to be this thing for a while. There was a guy called Viv Richards who uh, was like this master West Indian batsman, one of the greatest batsmen of all time, but like cocky, you know, like yeah. a little cocky yeah. guy. Yeah. Why right? wouldn't he be? His and, name is Viv right. Richards. And he was the sort of guy who would uh, serve Vivian Richards as he is now. <laughs> but me, uh, he was the sort of guy who sometimes to intimidate bowlers would like just call for his hat. Like he'd take off the helmet and just yeah. like, oh, I, yeah. Don't, yeah. I don't yeah. need the helmet I don't need for the you, helmet. Yeah. Oh, like, This guy. <laughs> Throw it my head. I'll still hit it up. Right. <laughs> Go straight for my face. So, um, yeah. So, it was, I, I, I didn't know if people would be into, like, you know, me talking about, like, you know, AFL. Because sometimes even on this podcast, who are people who like to yes. listen to me when I start talking about AFL in depth, people can get a little... It's like people talking about their dogs, right. their pets, or, or their, their children. Or their dreams. Or yeah. their <laughs> you just don't want to do either of that. Or their children. Which are the other topics for this podcast. Right. So Let's get into in. it. I, I think my dog, dog is racist. Uh, <laughs> I know his dog is racist. No, but we... Uh, it is kind of amazing. I think your passion for it was sold what... It. It's what sold it. Yeah. I'm, to me, it's like watching a... If you watch a like a travel show right. about an area that you don't know much about, and t- I, one of the things about sports and about that stuff, because we do a sports podcast here called Scalabro Country, which you know it's I say sports, but there are a lot of people. We were just in Cincinnati performing, and there was a woman who came from Pittsburgh, uh, and she, she said she walked straight up to us. She's like, "I, I hate sports." <laughs> that was the first thing she said to us, right. and then she's like. But I like you guys, and and you guys are making me understand sports by taking the angle of comedy. And I'm sure you do the same. With the, it's very hard as a comedian not to find what's funny about whatever you're passionate about. Right. But also the other thing that I would say about that on a like a on a like an even deeper level, I think, is the idea that if you sell your comedy as the content, if the people have to be interested in the content right. to enjoy it, right. you're doing it the wrong way right. because. Then if you move to different content, they're going to be like, well, I don't like that content. Right. I only liked you for this content when you're talking about this. It's like in the like old days when I'd be doing a festival show or whatever and some journalists would be like, what's it about? And it's like, it's about 70 minutes of me being funny. Right? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's, That's all right. you need to know. That's right. Because, yeah, because what, if, or what if you grow out of it? You right. know I mean, what if you grow out of what you're doing? What if you're doing great stuff about, I mean, that's really why people like George Carlin were great comedians because they talked about one thing when they were young, they got a little older, they matured, and then it was about something else. And then they got a little older. And then finally, when he was an old man, he was like an old man yelling about shit. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, that's what, that's who he became. That's why I, I always think, and I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but I think the one great comedian that fame robbed us of like you know as a society as a stand-up carrot top 
Carrot top. Yeah. May he rest in peace. <laughs> he's not dead. I'm he's just not dead. We just want him to get a good yeah. night's sleep. I don't I know why. I just want him to get eight yeah. to nine hours of sleep. Why, why is that so bad? I want him to rest peacefully. Is that too much? That's yeah. too much sleep. He should though, rest right? peacefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. I think if he could rest peacefully, that's too much sleep. That's too much sleep. I think seven to eight hours. Seven to eight is fine. That's the Australian Otherwise, he's going to really feel it in the morning. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be slow. Who are you going to say? Who are you going to Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Because I would have loved, because like you look at Raw and Delirious, which at the time were these like, like you know, Delirious is what we grew up on. Right. We grew up on Delirious. I heard a clip of it the other day and I said, I can do this verbatim and I haven't heard this in 30 years. We have right. the tape. We have the tape. So there's stuff uh, in that that is uncomfortable watching now with like the things that we talk about in common now and the mm-hmm. way we talk about mm-hmm. it. I think on both those albums, there's a few topics and the way he executes those topics that mm-hmm. you wouldn't of the time were fine, but right now you wouldn't be able to do it. No sure. way. But my thing is we never got to see what Eddie Murphy could have been. Cause like if he was that good at 19 and 21 talking about things that 19 and 21 year olds are right. in, right. he could have been like at 40 or whatever, you know. The but, problem was he was such a good actor. Right. And he was such a good... And, like and I'm still training, doing stuff. He, he did, did training places and you were like... I People talk about 48 Hours as his first sort of breakout role. And he was great in it. He was great. He was great, great in it. But right. in Trading Places, he... First of all, does a massive character turn within the within the movie where he's like a street guy and then he plays like a high society guy over the course of a film. It's like a character charge. When they talk about when you talk about writing a great script, what they say, what is a great scene? Well, it's when your characters come into the scene feeling this way and come out of the scene feeling totally different. So he did that over the course of the movie, which was a great it was a brilliant movie, and he did amazing. And I think that was the moment where everyone was like, Oh, this guy this guy has done it. This right. guy is is going into the stratosphere. And we'll never right. need to. I mean, it's sort of like Chris Rock, I feel like, hasn't had that uh-huh. breakout. Unfortunately, hasn't had that break. And he could do it, too. I really believe that he could. Hasn't had that break. So he continues to do stand-up and is right. like the best stand-up ever. So you're kind of saying, well, we were actually able to enjoy him as he matures and gets older and as things happen. Right. Because it's something that he keeps doing because he's not inundated doing five movies a year. Right. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to me. I read about Trading Places the other day uh, that the entire end to that film, the entire like plot line, the whole you know switch they do, the whole it, it's all legit. They worked it out like so that like you know that it had to work as mm-hmm. a they could actually do this scheme. And there was mm-hmm. this whole article about like what they actually did, and they oh, got yeah. this like finance expert to explain it. Well, and no one ever sat there and looked at it and was like, "Well, that couldn't have happened." Right? You're like, "Oh no, that could have happened." But like you know, but it, it makes me jealous of what we settle for in comedy movies these days. Oh, I know. Please. Do you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where like in the old days, like they went to that amount of effort, research. Right. Yeah, you know, and like <laughs> movies, like even like I was thinking about it, about like Groundhog Day, which yeah. I was watching again the other day and i'm just like it's still just there's not a bit of it that i would change it's like such a well-made film there what can you say that about these days i mean even like we can go on and on with bill murray he was such a huge influence on us in in comedy i mean as fans like meatballs was a movie that we watched early which was the movie where he was a camp counselor and i look back and and again bits that friends of ours do and, and famous comedians do that you experience life and then you remember their bit and it like 
comes back again and it's it it is so spot on perfect that you're just reminded of how brilliant that is it just has a life and legs on uh, of its own uh you go back and listen to there's a speech that bill murray gives when he's pumping the camp up about like they have one they're they're down in this competition against like their richer in better the camp, right, in the right? olympiad <laughs> against the better camp and he gives this speech where he's like it just doesn't matter and I really do believe that he either improvised it or the the people there didn't know that he what he was about. There was right. genuine laughter. There was from genuine the cast. laughter oh, yeah, in the right. cast. In the cast, <laughs> and you kind of loved it. You're like, well, maybe the kids would laugh. I mean, that's who this guy is. Right. But he gives this whole speech about how it just doesn't matter if we win or if we lose. It just doesn't matter. He gets everybody chanting. It just it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It, it just doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It just and he shuts them up. And even and even if God in heaven above came down and pointed his hand at our side of the even if every man woman and child held hands together and pray and people are laughing they're right. held hands and prayed for us to win it just doesn't matter because all the really good looking girls will still go out with the guys from mohawk because they got all the money and that is and it was like and in that moment okay i know it's just a, like a little goofy movie about right about camp, camp and about i mean it is it's just a silly camp movie but in that moment and in that speech is everything that Bill Murray is as a person. Right. Like that, you could peel back the layers and say, he's a guy who's not a traditionally good-looking guy. Sure. Okay, He's got pockmarks on his face. He, when he got onto SNL, Saturday Night Live at the very beginning, they didn't like him because he replaced Chevy Chase. And you're mm. like, you're not going to make it. Uh, he's just always had to fight for Which, the Which, by the that, way, is like one of the most classic. Everyone's like, at the time, was like, oh my God, no, mm-hmm. Chevy Chase is beloved. Right. And Bill Murray, we hate him. Right. Little, little would they know 30 years later, it would be the complete opposite. The reverse. <laughs> like, think about what Bill Murray's been able to do in the second act of his career. Right. His life. Yeah. And, and so, but in that speech was everything for yeah. him. It was like, it just doesn't, you know, I've been up against this, is what he's saying to these kids. And he could take that, and which is why it was so great and why it was so brilliant and so beautiful. So when you say, like, those movies, I look back at those moments, and, and it happens in Trading Places many, many times where Eddie Murphy is down there. Even as, you know, you think of him as the kid, the guy on the street. Right. And what he's fighting for and what he's fighting against. You yep. know, he had to fight against, think of, he's basically fighting against the establishment of comedy that was all white at the time. And, you know, there were some crossover and whatnot but it was just he could really be himself through this character which was amazing it's really interesting to me i like that bill murray is one of those guys this is another thing i like about bill murray is that whenever you see him on a tonight show yeah he always brings a bit yeah like i love that old school sort of like steve martin does it too yeah Yeah. like those those two dudes in particular are dudes that could just go out there and be steve martin and bill murray or just talk about albert brooks have you ever gone back and watched the old albert brooks on johnny carson's tonight show bits okay so albert brooks was a guy originally albert einstein was his name but he changed his name to albert brooks did you know that? I did not know okay, that. Is so, that really yeah, true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his brother is a funny comedian. Super Dave Osborne. Super Dave Osborne, who was a guy who did right. all these physical bits. Uh, and, and he was on Larry David. He, he, he was on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh-huh. So, so, but, you know, the, the story kind of was about Brooks is that he would do all these really funny bits at parties, at like Hollywood parties. And... And they were like, you should do stand-up. And he had never really done stand-up before. He was a filmmaker. Filmmaker. He'd make these funny films and short films. And so then he started going on Carson and basically doing like 
very conceptual bits, like even from the stand-up spot. And they those bits became legendary for him. And so he had never done like a minute of stand-up in the clubs or anything like that. He was trying out bits for the first time on The Tonight Show. That's just the balls. I mean, just the, the amount of, you know, that's just crazy. And they're really amazing. And a lot of comedians, a lot of the alternative comedians like in Los Angeles and in New York, where we sort of came up in New York, really looked up to Albert Brooks and what he was what he'd done way back in the 70s because it was like here's someone who's really like taking the conventions of stand-up and making fun of them taking the things that we all just come to accept when we watch stand-up comedy and twisting them and that I feel like was very much the spirit of the alternative comedy movement in New York and LA in the early 90s 90s, right. well that brings us very conveniently to what we're going to do today this is something uh, that I thought would be great for us to do because I've done it with uh, Jen Kirkman and Mm. Dave Anthony the previous two episodes wonderful comedians and people have enjoyed I was going to say two wonderful comedians two wonderful women (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two, <laughs> two dynamite guests <laughs> Two boozy broads <laughs> Two wonderful comedians <laughs> uh, There's probably times when Dave Anthony has drunk so much That he thinks he's a woman That's right But I uh, love those guys, both of them uh, So it's a, uh, it's a like a Not a Facebook quiz But it's like one of those, you know inter- Yeah have you ever done any of those things? Have you ever done a, you know, which princess bride character are you? Or like, no. you know. No, but I love it. Okay. I'm ready. I well, here like we go. Collectively... What stand-up comedian are you? Now, okay. uh, I'm like, I think for the purposes of this, mm-hmm. well, I mean, they're probably not going to have like another, you know, double act. Like, yeah. It's probably not going to, you're going to find out which stand-up comedian Are there double, were. are there any. Du- Famous? Uh, in, in Australia, are there any oh. like double teams that are doing it? Uh, double team means a different thing in Australia. Hey, so, look just, out. Uh, Excuse me. I, just, <laughs> are there any just comics? For a point of, oh, okay, fine. Good yeah. Is there any Thank double you. team going on? Are there any two on, on yes. ones? A lot. <laughs> okay. M- most of it on sporting end of a season trips, yeah, unfortunately. Right. Okay, but uh, there's a lot of scandals around yeah, that area. Right, sure. Uh, there's a, a, there's a, a couple of guys called the Nelson Twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, yeah, so that's. Do that, we I have to fight it? them? Is that going to be our thing? Like, we're going to have to battle them? Fight them in Brisbane? I reckon that would. I mean, that surely that's. Yeah, like your touring bill. Would you yeah. guys ever tour with like with twins we support as you. well? Um, <laughs> probably, I feel like that would be the craziest. That would be so awful. People would be like, "Enough, enough." I've seen everybody. No, everybody, no, everybody, no, everybody women, to look alike. women with twins in their bodies would be like, "We need to reduce this pregnancy down to just one." Right, exactly. If they saw that many twins, they'd be like, it's "All right, one much. of these kids have to it's go." Too much. And not, well, maybe it's like a whole big thing. You do like one of those tours, like you know, they're doing that big comedy tour around America at the moment. You yeah. do like it's like you know, the all multiple births comedy tour, right? Or the comedians are com- you can do like the twins of comedy oh, or like the twins. I, I can't think of anything play all worse. the twin cities. Like we just do Minneapolis and St. Paul. Those two twin cities. Weekend we're in Minneapolis. Next weekend St. Paul. We come back to Minneapolis the next weekend. The Twin Cities. No, but I, I think. <laughs> and then some conjoined twins come along, uh, and you're right. like, "Oh come on, oh, guys! guys. This you is... count as one and a half." Yeah, that's at best. best. <laughs> you share a spleen. We used to do. We used to do a bit in our last thing about these the women who were conjoined at the head. Like one was oh, a yeah. country music singer, and the other one was in a, in a wheelbarrow. wheelbarrow. I think maybe, that was her I guess was the thing. She but uh, we. Th- it was fascinating to us that they. Well, there was a commercial. There, there was a commercial uh, for, for American football for a beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was for beer. Coors Light, and it was like around football season time. Okay, and it sure. was like, I ready for this, and I like hanging with my friends and fun that never ends. And sure. then it was like, and, and twins. <laughs> they would show these hot 
twins okay. and I guess like it was... an attractive set of identical twins yeah. and I guess the insinuation was that it's every man's fantasy, fantasy to have a sexual which is such a bizarre fantasy because when you think about it twins. if they touch each other once you're part of an incestual thing it's yeah. like yeah. they're, they're sisters so if they start hooking up then it's incest incest and it's weird and so our thing and, was, and that I, I'm imagining that that's did that ever work in reverse like did you ever meet any woman no, Here's no. My... maybe a gay man right. but never women <laughs> Yeah, right. So, right. So, but our our dream was to recreate that commercial. That Keep everything commercial. the same. And when they're like, I like fun that never ends, and uh, hanging with my friends and, and twins. twins. When they said and twins, instead of cutting to the sure. fake boob twins, just cut to those two Siamese girl twins connected. And just at the like head. have the camera push into the fleshy part. That's kind of both of them, but, but it's, it's kind of neither of them either. It's this weird like green zone, international waters. Like anything no. could happen in there. So there's this moment. So we're like that to us would be a fantastic way to twist that on its ear. Just to see sports fans be like, yeah, I like. Fun that never ends. I like hanging with my friends. What the hell is that? <laughs> Why am I now questioning everything in my life right now? Yeah. Right. So so yeah. So for us, like twins, kind of freak us out. It's weird. We we we've sort of in our comedy career have swam against that stream of like let's only do comedy about being twins right we actually don't even talk you'd like to play the mainstream clubs as well as the twins clubs yeah the (laughs) twin circuit the twins like the mainstream i I know you guys do really well in the twin circuit so i don't i don't begrudge you doing that bread and butter i mean right bread and butter it's bread and bread (laughs) (laughs) essentially (laughs) bread and bread that looks just like it yeah Identical loaves. Uh, I've pitched this on the show before, but it's my ultimate. Like, if anyone in Hollywood said you can like remake one movie, mm-hmm. like which one do you want to remake? I want to remake the movie Twins, but with actual twins. Yeah, yeah. I just like make make it as like a because I think it's a a much darker movie. We're if, sitting right here, right. We're Don't ready to go. Let's, like, let's yeah, make that. You can do that. Because yeah. then it becomes a bit more darkly psychological because it's like one twin has all this self-loathing. Right. When they're actually, like to most people, you're kind of like, oh no, they're they look the same. pretty much look the same. But he's got body like, all One has super confident. Yeah. Why is he so confident? Yeah. And the other guy is like. And everyone pl- everyone plays it as such right. too. Like yeah. you guys can't be twins. Yeah. What? You guys are twins? It's literally a scene by scene remake apart from the fact that they're. <laughs> I, I love that so much. Jane, I always want to do a soul switching movie where like someone's oh, soul yeah. switches that but happened between two twins. identical twins and right. no one knows nor do they care. Yeah. But, the, but these guys <laughs> treat it with the same. Like the phone rings and they look at each other. Who like, answered? This. Uh, it's your phone. I uh, can't. They're pick gonna it up. know. They're gonna know. <laughs> Terrible. All right, here we go. Uh, what stand-up comedian are you now? Uh, for some of these, <laughs> let's have fun with this. Yes. I, okay. I mean, how much fun do you have with the actual question? Like, who made this up? Uh, experts, okay. of course. Internet experts. Sure. sure. I mean, it's got a three and a half star rating. So All right. you know. Now Look, I'm interested. Uh, all right. So what uh, kind of jokes do you tell? Now, before I give you your options, because you, you only get options, and sometimes you will find that the options may be yeah. a little You're limited. outside the box. Right. Okay. Uh, but what would you say if I just asked you that question? What kind of jokes do you tell? And then I'll see if there's one that actually... I mean, we were... How would you describe your yeah, act? Yeah. I, the way I would describe our act mostly is that we present a premise in sort of in a traditional stand-up way. Mm-hmm. Both of us present it together or one of us presents it. And then a lot of times for the punch of it, we act out 
whatever the scene is. So if the premise is that, you know, there's a lot, I think I have, my dog is racist, which I do, and it would go through this whole story. I tell a whole story, and then we act out the moment at which my dog does something racist, and I have to reprimand him in front of somebody else, and suddenly it I sound more, more, racist. more racist. So we act that out. So we try to use the fact that there's two of us on stage. So it's a mixture of regular stand-up premise, storytelling, and then act-outs. Right. Well, it may surprise you there's not a box that's ah. <laughs> So you're going to have to choose from these five okay, options. Okay, uh, One-liners, mm-hmm. observational, mm. cringe humor, mm. feminist, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah. insult humor, mm-hmm. knock-knock jokes. Oh, God. Who goes you know, on stage and just like... Ripping it up with knock knock jokes. I'm guessing maybe if you if you that one you like end up being like Andrew Dice Clay or something. Yeah, maybe uh, character based, mm-hmm. surrealistic or self deprecating. They're your options. I would say there's an element of observation in what we do, don't you think? Yeah. Yes. There's and an then, element of observation and then character based. And then character based. You okay. know what I mean? You've so got to choose like, between the. All right, not, obs- I'd say observation. Right. Okay. Let's go with observation. Yeah, All right. Jesus. That's good. We can Here do we that. Uh, who thinks you're funny? Now, I'll give you your options first. <laughs> oh, I won't make you, okay. you know, jump okay. in on this Men, one. Men, women. Uh, here we go. Uh, my friends. Oh, now, by the way, that doesn't mean my friends. Yeah, your oh. friends. Yeah, my I don't friends. know your friends. if your <laughs> friends like us. Your friends think we're funny. Very happy. Well, some right. I mean, hopefully you're making new friends right okay, now. Sure. So, Good. Uh, your friends. I'll, I'll put, I'll, I can change this in my head. I'm an mm-hmm. adult. Uh, okay. Uh, your friends. Mm-hmm. You, now, do your friends think you're funny, by the way? I think that's yeah. an interesting question Absolutely. by itself. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the genesis of all of our... I mean, it's why I think I still love doing comedy is because a lot of our friends are in the comedy scene and so, you know, some of the best parts of your night are performing are backstage just right. gagging around with your friends. I mean, that's literally kind of why... The other half of why we do what we do. Okay, good. Nice, good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mom and dad? Mm-hmm. They do, yeah. Our dad's no longer our around. Our dad has uh, passed away, and mm. so he definitely thinks we're funny. He's right. He's yeah. a big fan. Did he? But he was. Yeah. Was he alive? It was not like your dad, which you told that wonderful right. story on our, about being listening to the right. cricket match. Uh, no, they definitely. I think they thought we were funny. I mean, what, I think, what did what did the uh, so what, what, mom, what was mom, their background? Okay, did, mom definitely. See, our parents. It's, we, used to, we used to do. We used to do a joke about them that I think made them uncomfortable. We said that our parents had the best names in the history of parents' names, and we'll put them up against anybody's names. It's better, Dick and Annette Sklar, which of course brings to the surface our old favorite joke: How do you catch a dick with a net? Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so that's good tight writing, guys. I think that was the only one that, that made them uncomfortable. A it's a great joke. joke. Great joke. Right. That we were ten. So uh, you no. did make them change their names, right? No, no, no. To make that. He's what like, I was. It's Richard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But no, it's. It, I think that was the only one that maybe made them uncomfortable. Otherwise, I think our mom, first of all, neither of them were in the business as mm-hmm. it were, but our dad was a pretty funny guy. Like, right. I think he, whether he knew it or not, bestowed upon us this idea that making people laugh is an important thing, whether he knew it or not. So, like, yeah, he, he would take us when we were kids on errands with him, just, you know, he'd have to go to the grocery store he'd have to go to the gas station wherever he'd have, and we'd go with him in the car we were basically like his assistants uh. <laughs> and, and this was back in like the 70s and early 80s in, in America when it, everything was safe you could leave your kids in the car with, with the car, car running. running and the doors open it's probably like Australia today so we so <laughs> no, no, he hang would, on we're a nation of criminals <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. No. Don't, don't, seriously never like do that. not try that <laughs> don't do that guys do not do that do not do that kind of like New Zealand today uh, so <laughs> 
so we so we would go and we would sit in the car. He's like, I'm just running in. I'm just picking up the shirts from the cleaners, or I'm just picking the thing. He'd go in. We'd sit in the car and we'd watch whoever he talked to. Within five seconds, he had them smiling or right. laughing. And for some reason, that struck both of us as like. This is really, and he was not beautiful. a guy who did bits. He definitely didn't do bits. Although he was funny, and his friends thought he was funny. Uh-huh. And around us, there was just comedy was in the air. But nobody ever thought of it as a career. Nobody ever thought this is something you could do. And I think the worry of you know Jewish parents, like, what are your kids going to wind up doing? Right. And, every know, Jewish parent, every, the kids being, I think most parents in general, but right. like specifically. Yeah. Jewish parents who grew up when my parents grew up and in the time that they did, there was like they didn't have drinking to numb out their fears about what their kids. (laughs) So it was like they were concerned. Just make sure you do it. So I think a little. I mean, but this is a nice job where you can work together. You couldn't be like you know twin brain surgeons or whatever. Could you? We could be lawyers. I mean, we lawyers. We went to law. Twin brain surgeons would be great. You hold the clam. (laughs) I held the clam last time. Yeah, I want to do it, sir. We're losing the patient. <laughs> Whoops. So, uh, but yeah, no, this is definitely like of all the things we could have chosen to do, it is really funny that we've chosen something where we really do need each other. And, and now that I have two kids, like the idea, the thought, or the prospect of 20 years from now, my two girls doing something together that's creative, that, that's, creative that's successful. I mean, I now I have a concept of how difficult that is to do. They didn't. It's not like our parents were farmers, but they lived in St. Louis and they right. lived in in an area where our dad worked at a paper company, was a salesman, traveling salesman, and and yeah, he was essentially worked at a comp- company like The Office, yeah, you know, right, uh, like that TV show. And so it, it was, you know, he he didn't understand like what you need to do to make it in this. But it was a salesman, and what we do is sell ourselves. We're constantly doing it, and they pass that down to us. We sell ourselves to audiences. I again, I I can't understate how much. You know, we have people on our podcast. We've done our podcast like 200 and... and Four years. We've done it for four years. <laughs> 204 <laughs> years. 204 years. <laughs> 204. You guys were really... Yeah. Sometimes really when we finish each other's sentences, it's not a good idea. Right. <laughs> 214 you know, you know, the, the, Yeah, 204 years ago, podcasts were called conversations. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah. They we were, were what comedians them. used to have with each other before we decided... Yeah. I mean, the... Tensest 10 minutes that because we're just getting to know each other. Like, yeah. you know, we've bumped into each other a few yeah. times. I did your podcast the other day, but yeah. we're just getting to know each mm-hmm. other, right? right? And I was making a cup of tea and I have an old school kettle that's on the t- so it takes a little while to a boil. And every conversation we started, we're like, we were like, not have this conversation, don't. save it for the air. Just stop talking, stop that, breathing, stop breathing, stop sh- everything. Because that's what it's like now. You're like, know, it's lovely it's a, that we get to have these conversations, but we... It all doesn't have to be recorded. Right. Let's be honest. Sometimes there's, you can have an off air. There's yeah. some comedy I just do for my family. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, right. doesn't have to be anything beyond. We don't have to take that nugget and bring it to the stage. Right. right. Although a lot of stuff generates and emanates from that, from those moments. But, you know, our, our parents, what I was going to say is that, you know, we've done a number of podcasts and you know who strikes a chord with your audience based on the feedback that comes back after we put it out there. And people really, and I, and it's a very difficult thing to do but people really connected with you and I'm like they don't know who you are they most of the bar people probably don't know who you are right so you are walking into a brand new situation and you have to in many ways sell yourself whether you know it or not you're not right. trying to do it but you're just hanging out with us you have to sell yourself in a way and it came across you connected with so many people and again I don't know if it was the passion about the AFL if it was just you talking about your life and in your connection with your parents very real 
and people really like that. So we're in that business of like selling ourselves. Right. And so, I think that, I, I mean, I like the sales analogy, but I think sometimes when you say sales, people get like, it, they have this reaction to it. Like, you know, and, and often it's like, a, you know, how in your set a word can trigger something. Yeah. Sometimes you have to drop a joke because yeah. you're making a really good point, but people hear the they, word aboriginal yep. right. and they just go or refuge or whatever you know right. the thing is right. and they just switch off their brain yes right. it, it's it's kind of one of those moments like with, with sales i like to think of us a little bit more like um not like grifters but like you know yeah. like like <laughs> but you know like that movie rounders yeah like you yeah. know we it's like we all know like we get into town and we're mm-hmm. kind of like is there a game in town? Where's the game? Where's, Where's the, the game? game? We, we all kind of know each other. Right. We're all trying to get ahead in the game. That's right. We all understand that at the end of the day that we're all at a certain level of being able to play the game and otherwise yeah. it's a bit of a game of chance and all those right. sort of things. In many ways, And yeah. you just get to a town and you're like, well, I have a certain set of skills. Not right. in a Liam Neeson way, unfortunately. No, but uh, <laughs> I couldn't kill anybody. <laughs> right. I hopefully can Thankfully, kill no one's taking my daughter. Right. While Liam Neeson is tracking down his daughter, uh-huh. a, a funny thing happened to me on the way here, right. guys. By the way, I just saw another movie poster with Liam Neeson where he is standing in front of a graveyard with a gun. And I'm like, yeah. all right. The guy. Has I don't want to say he's typecast, but like right. enough is enough. Like enough is enough. Like I stop taking stuff from him. <laughs> I mean, I know this is like a terrible thing to say, and it's completely wrong. I'm sure I'm speculating. I'm sure you are. But it's like because you know his wife died tragically. I know his wife died tragically. No. He's got to work. He wants to work. Well, but also I feel like he just like he's got this rage that he likes to get out in a controlled <laughs> way. That's right. You know, because right. otherwise, why is a 65 year old guy right. still wanting to beat the shit out of people? Because he wants. And I just it. feel like he thinks it's a healthy way for me to like deal with my rage. I'm and not like doing it on my kids. Million dollars. I'm not right. doing it on my kids. Right. I mean, look, I guess you got to go where the money is. Right. And I understand that too. And, yeah. But I mean, that is, I'm like, come on, I want to see him do like something like just like my dinner with Andre or something. Oh, he was in a like a he love was. actually like some. Right. Th- oh, yeah, that, you know, he's done that, other he's stuff. done some other stuff. But it is really funny to constantly, constantly just see, see people like taking things from him and right. taking things from him, and he's got to get to sit down with everyone who's going to take something from yeah. him and be like, you this know, he's going to come after you. you. Seriously, <laughs> you just de- de- if you take it from him, yeah. tell him, and he'll right. let you borrow it. <laughs> but also, the other thing is like, there's heaps of other people to take things from. Yes, there are. He is like possibly the worst choice. Yeah. You're of gonna anyone to take something it's, it's from. It's a bad the worst sixty five year old guy to take. take right. <laughs> <laughs> take something from right. Paul McCartney. Yeah. That's the guy who lets you take something. <laughs> His wife's got, got one part. leg. Let him tell. Let her take everything. So just, you let her take everything. So take you know whatever. He's got more. He's like I'll make more. It's fine. It's tell fine. me about um, St. Louis. That's what you said. St. Right? Louis, yeah, where we grew up. It's you know it's like blowing up right now. So this in is a yeah, terrible so, way. It's literally right. the the northern. Side I don't even know if this story has reached Australia. I, yeah, I'm it sure it has. Have, yeah, it's a I'm worldwide sure it story. It I is think. a worldwide story about yeah. another incident where white police officers shot a black. A teenager in a moment where there's some confusion about what perhaps happened leading up to that, but shot and killed and then had their own investigation and found that the cops were not guilty after like a five hour joke of investigation. And then riots broke out in St. Louis, our hometown. And it's just a very segregated town in and of itself. It's kind of, uh-huh. it How sits, is it? It's it's about, about a million, million people. Okay. It's not it's not a small town. It's like could you someone compare wrote a book. Someone wrote a book. Jonathan Franzen, who wrote uh, the Corrections, the Corrections, yep. which is a brilliant book, book, and Freedom, which is an amazing book. He wrote a book before the Corrections called the Twenty Seventh City. He's from St. Louis, and 
St. Louis is the 27th biggest city in America. Okay. It was so, at the time. Yeah, it might, it might have gotten smaller. But it's more yeah. on it's on par with Minneapolis or Denver. It's kind of about That's a big. brave thing, by the way, to like, name your book. The 27th something, that can, city. something that can change. That's I know. Change. You know what I mean? It's like, like, a, like getting a tattoo of your girlfriend. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> that might change. Uh, <laughs> or doing, but it's I liken it to doing a stand-up special. A stand-up right. special is a snapshot in time of your sure. jokes. It is what it is. You might figure out better tags down the line. You have to just live with it and be like, all right. My right. hair, my hair looked like that. Then. Or it might be now reprinted as the 29th. <laughs> <city. laughs> it's a chance to re-release it. That's it's right, a chance yeah. to re-release it. So, so as it, long as you don't mention that in the book, you're fine. <laughs> but the thing about St. Louis is that it kind of is on the line between the north and the south of America, uh-huh. and so in the center of America, like there was a huge case. In the St. Louis courthouse. In the St. Louis courthouse called the Dred Scott case. I mean, it's even got like a terrible name for right. like the thing. And the and the idea was could, what they were trying to determine was could during a- During the Civil War. During the Civil War, could a Southern white, white slave owner go into the North to go get one of their slaves that had run away and bring them back? Is there legal jurisdiction? Are we going to say that you can actually go and do that? And- it was a split decision, but the people in the St. Louis courthouse voted that, yes, you could do that. So the court voted, yes, that you can go get a slave and bring that. So that's, you're on the wrong side of the debate sure. there. Yeah. And that, so that's the sort of bedrock that like the St. Louis racial tensions are sitting on. Right. That was years ago. People have evolved. 18, people have what changed. was that? Eight, that was 18, like People have changed, but you got to say to yourself, how much have they changed? Now, when we were kids. Yeah, and by the way, this was something interesting I read this week because somebody said, you know, like the comment was, I'm so sick of us having to talk about race all the time. And somebody said, well, how do you feel that like, the people on the other, like yeah. if white people are like, I'm sick of yeah. hearing about race. For white people, it's annoying. Yeah. For black people, it's life and right. death. And yeah, they've been understand? thinking about it for all, like the entire lives. Constantly being, being put in their face. And we had... You know, there was desegregation, which was like a big movement when we were kids, where kids from the city, uh, black kids from the city were bussed out into like white suburb, suburban public, uh-huh. public schools. Right. So, so our school was, was about 30% black, uh-huh. 30% Jewish probably, or 20% Jewish, and then the rest just, you know, a mix. And it was... It was really, I thought it was actually cool for mm. us because we got exposed to people and culture that we didn't have out in the suburbs. And it kind of, people still kept to themselves. It wasn't like as integrated as they wanted it to be. Because I think it's hard. I, I, you know, I can't even imagine coming from the city out to the suburbs right? and, and just being like, well, I'm going to integrate with these people. Well, how do you do that? Like, how does one do that? And, you know, we tried to, and we were always taught to be as kind of as open and welcoming as possible to people. But I don't think we ever fully got super close and that's a bummer you know that is a bummer that like we never fully got super close with someone from an, uh, and now on sports teams that's that's one of the reasons I like sports right so you have two guys on a football team one guy from the suburbs one guy from the city and they're both going at it and they hug each other after they, they have a common great goal play. They have a well common it's also goal. one of those great industries like the, if anything comes out of that Donald Sterling the Ugh. Clippers uh, you know owner who if, I think most people listening to this podcast would probably be Donald Sterling for story. those who don't know own the Clippers and then made those comments about Sort of, he he was upset that his mistress, not his wife, his right. mistress, was seen in a fo- Instagram photograph with Magic Johnson yep. because he kind of, in his old stupid and and you know this guy who's been rich forever, right. no one tells him no, no he does whatever he wants. He owns a professional basketball team, and this woman is like, I'm gonna go hang out with Magic Johnson if I want. And so in his mind, it's she's, like, I don't want you taking pictures with black men, right. and with him, and bringing him to my stadium. Which, Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson, is, not like some like. 
Like, I'm not saying it would be right, by the no, way. No, but like you're any ta- other black man. No, but, but you're talking Magic about Johnson. Magic Johnson, who's who, probably as wealthy as you are. He's like he, he's rebuilt like most of the inner cities. Like, oh, Magic Johnson could have like bought the Clippers. He could have bought the Clippers. Him. He bought the Dodgers. He bought right. the professional <laughs> baseball team. And yeah. so, like, Magic's doing fine. I know, yeah. and, and he, he beat AIDS. Yeah. He did. He's like Magic he's, beat AIDS. Right. So he has, th- he has Magic has someone on his staff to warm up his Twizzlers. Right. That's literally to warm up his liquor. That's not a sexual euphemism. There's a person who's there to like. Like squeeze and hold his Twizzlers so they're warm enough for him when he really? gets on his private jet. That's yeah. the truth. Oh so God. this is that's wealth that we'll never see. No. But he, you know, so she, he didn't want him there, and so he made these comments that she secretly recorded, which is either truthful or not. You know what I mean? Like that's bad to record someone secretly. Right. But at the oh, same, no, there's t- absolutely no doubt about that. But at the that. same time, yeah. it's good that those that sort of point of view came to light so that we could talk about it. And you got a black coach. You got a lot of bl- most uh, African-American players on the team. And so there, like- that was the point that I was going to make is it's one of the few industries in the world still really where the pow- most powerful, like, you know, demographic of like is, you know, African-American or black guys or like, you know, whatever the way you want to put that. Right. But like, the power there is like, you know, if you looked at other industries, if that same thing happened in other industries outside sports, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be a lot at the moment. No. Hip hop, you know, yeah. but like literally those kind of cliche sort of things. But Except sport that is the real powerful people who own the teams, all the owners are predominantly white. Right. So, it's so it's billionaires owning millionaires. And this was the sterling thing is like, yeah. he honestly just liked owning black guys. It's yeah. almost like a plantation. Yeah. And I mean, our favorite moment in the whole thing was the week that he got banned. And we talked about this in our standup. He was also banned by the Bunny Ranch, which is a whorehouse in Nevada. They were like, you can't come, because of the things you said, you can't come to we, our We whore. don't want to have that right. sort of like racism. And we, we can't have that running around our hall. We're a whorehouse well, in yeah. Nevada. We, we don't demean people here. We have standards. That's right. Barbara, go put on that dog collar. There's a Japanese businessman that's going to put a pee on you in 15 minutes. Right. We, we have, have standards. standards. Right. Yes, but that's true. not racist, though. No. no. I, I mean, mean, it's he like. Was Japanese, I just, she was. Like, yeah, everyone was, was jumping on. I had to relieve himself. Right. It's got to go somewhere. So, exactly. I mean, it was, but that that starts the fuel up of stuff. And then there was like just been a rash of like these weird things where cops who are predominantly white are like the one guy punched a woman in the middle. She was like wandering onto the freeway. And like, I, well, you the know, stats are insane about the amount of white people on that police force as opposed 53 to 53 like, cops, 50 of them are white in a in an area that is 70% black. That yeah. is, there well, is, there's the area's been in transition and. You know, that's what's happens. The white people are moving further out, out into the suburbs further out and the places are affordable. There just has to be more of a fluidity as far as that stuff goes. And it is, and granted, I mean, part of me says, if I have my kid, if that kid was my kid, if he was my kid, white or black, I'd be like, don't charge a cop. Don't run at a cop in right. any way. You don't even make it look like you're running no. near a cop. Just do for what, the simple fact that they're all white and they might act inappropriately. Like I would say, I'm protecting you from bad behavior from someone else. Don't even look like I you're think dude. about it. Like because that is someone's kid. That was someone's kid. Right. I say, what would I have told my kid if that was my kid? Yeah. And I'm like, look, there is injustice in this world, right. and it it sucks beyond belief. And where we are and what's happening right now is just terrible. But don't. Don't lose your life. Don't lose your life. It's not worth losing your life. And this is an interesting area because like this is a complex area of argument, I think. Hell yes. Uh, But I like to talk about this. Sure. Uh, Because 
when I agree with what you're saying, by the way, and it's in the same way as I would say, like, you know, that I would like to walk a female friend home from a bar late at night yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Now, some people would argue that when you have that discussion, you get into an area of like victim blaming, you know, whereas yeah. like what I would say is, no, I like I my first and foremost thing is that every woman should have the right to walk the streets alone Amen. at night and not But I have attacked. two daughters and, and I want them right. to be safe. And if they have a friend who walks them home, I'm happy that you made the smart decision right. because this is the world we live in. And I will work hard to get this first thing fixed. And that's the first thing we should do, right? right. I will do whatever I can to, like, and with the racial tension down there, you'd say, it, in an ideal world, like, you know, you should never say, like, it's not never the kid's fault, right? No, it, and but, by the way, this wasn't his fault no. that he got shot and killed. No. I think... You might have brought the force on you for what you did. There's no way you should have been shot five times no. and once in the top of the head. It's There's just, just, I mean, I could understand. Right. And this, this is why, and then I get really upset about guns because I'm like, why couldn't he have been tased? Right. Why couldn't he have been stunned? To tase to, the shit out of him if you're that scared as a person. like, And then put the cuffs on him and then put him away if he's really scaring you and then sort it out. And by the way, if you're wrong, someone will, there's a put a camera on the dashboard of the car so that they can see all the action. Right. And an independent group that is not the police takes a look at that footage and says, you used excessive force, you did not use excessive force. This thing is solved. It, well, right. I just have one question. Is this going to tell us what kind of comedian we are? Yes. <laughs> yes. This is actually one oh, of this the... this is one of the questions. This is okay, one of the good, questions. Good, good. No, I, I mean, we can get off this. I was just interested yes. in your insight to that because... Yeah. I, because I think I, about it, I take the approach of like being a parent and I say like, yeah. well, what... If this was my kid, how would I? Well, look, look, uh, uh, we're Jews, okay? We're we're Jews. Would we walk down the street in? Uh, I don't know. Would we walk down the street in in a part of the country, in the part of the world that that hates Jews? Mm. Would we walk brazenly down the street, even if that's a place, part of the world that I really want to go see and go do? I don't know. I mean, I. I I would be conflicted about it and I would feel would bad. I, well, you would this probably way. take precautions. Take precaution. well, okay. like you would try well, to be safe. But let me, safe. let me, okay, but let me give an example. Let's say you went to go to like a, you went and you're, you're Jewish, you live in, in, uh, in England and you love English Premier League soccer or mm -hmm. League One champion soccer and you go and you, would you wear a yarmulke into a the fan base and into the right. legion of like thugs which you know are connected with the national front who have been right. drinking the whole time and what would you do that i mean i'm not one blame you should be able to you should be, absolutely but, be able to but, but of course you wouldn't i don't think it's a good idea and if you were my kid i'd say please don't do that i had a guy i had a really scary moment because these things can happen all the time you know yeah. like i was just walking down the street here and like i was on sunset like just up the road from here mm. and i had my headphones on and i'm just walking down the street and this guy's come up to me and i didn't like he was a bit like undercover crazy you know mm. what i mean like <laughs> yeah. he wasn't like yeah. he couldn't spot it from not like, up front crazy yeah, yeah he just looked like a guy in a like a cap and like you know wearing a singlet sort of uh -huh. until it was too late for me to you were and, now committed right and he said something to me and i had my earphones in i could have like kind of kept going but i i, I just <sighs> i him took them out oh, and no. this is what he said to me like just imagine this in the street he goes what um, time of day is it this oh uh, it's like i'm gonna say it's like transition from late afternoon into early oh, okay. evening okay. but okay. it's not dark or anything okay. like it's it's daylighty but it's sure. like you know and uh he says to me like up close in front of my face he goes the devil told me that I have to kill you and take your phone. What do you do in that instance? Did you take off? 
No, but no, because like now he's like in my Face. like he's in my zone, like you know. What and did you he do? Says this to me, and like in that moment, I'm like literally terrified. Like this, yeah, I'm terrified because I'm like this is just sort of the because he's clearly like you know either on meth or he's like right. cra- like you know he's crazy and that's not his fault. But right. if he thinks the, the devil's telling him things, did the comedian you kick in and say like, "How are you sure it was the devil?" Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Funnily enough, the comedian in me kicked in where I was like, "Man, you, you haven't seen my phone because." I didn't say that, by the way. But I've still got like a little. You do. Like a, you do have a I've horrible got, like, a little like, flip phone. Yeah, flip phone. That, that yeah. phone is terrible. Yeah, it's, yeah. T- it's like a thirty dollars phone. That which, yeah. by the, the way, would saved not... your ass. <laughs> <laughs> saved your ass in this incident. Even the guy was like, "I, the devil's not going to want this." Look no, this. I, I gave him money for beer instead. He, I like, think that was like that was my kind of compromise and by the way super smart in the moment thought on your feet and right. got out of that scenario but it's just i mean I, people ask us why we have it's so funny someone asked me this morning like he said why aren't people talking more about that i'm like it's hard to talk about it's it hard, hard to, to like about. figure out a way first of all it's really hard to be funny about it right. i think there's I have the hardest time to try and figure out what is funny about this. Someone right. has died. So it's like not, can't be funny and, and more people have died and there's all this injustice and maybe there's a way to, to in a smart and clever way, attack the forces that are creating the negative things in this thing. Right. On every but, side. You know, but yeah, but we'll leave that to John Oliver. Yeah. He'll, he'll, be, able to, he'll be able to do that. Yes. Some people but, will, but you know. <laughs> yeah, not I mean. us. Not me. Not no, me. I just, I, I'm, I was more interested in your insiders, people who, you know, are from there. But it's an interesting city. It was a great place to grow up and we had really normal childhoods, which is great because it really connected us to the way that, you know, how you would grow up. So it connects us to the way a lot right. of people are. Well, let's get back to the quiz. Okay. Uh, who thinks you're funny? This is where we got off. Uh, yeah. Your mom and dad. That's where, we, yeah. okay. So other funny people, we kind of covered that with my friends. That's mm-hmm, the same mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my significant other, mm-hmm. co-workers, mm-hmm. everybody, my cat sometimes, the internet, me, that's all I need. Uh I would say, in theory, you should start with me, that's all I need, uh-huh. because that's the source that you should have that confidence in yourself. And I don't think think other funny people have to validate you in order for you to be able to start making moves into a career. Right. So you got to pick one. I'd say other funny people. Yeah. Okay. Other funny people. Yep. And by the way, I love the idea that you're like, all I have to start with is is that you were like, just it just has to be me. It does. You work in a double act. Yeah. (laughs) At least least has to be one other person. It has to be me, and then I run it by one other person, and then I run it up the flagpole, and then uh, we'll see if it works. And if it's not, then I feel terrible about myself. Now I I don't know this about you. Um, I did not have an answer to this myself. You may not have an answer to this, but you may. You may have a surprise one. Dave Anthony had a surprise one. So. (laughs) Uh, What prop do you use? Mm. Uh, Hats, (laughs) bowling pins, clown shoes, which was Dave's, because they use them for the podcast, wigs, Uh cane, Mm -mm. tails, (laughs) ears, which I imagine means like comical ears. Comical ears, like all the best stand ups. As Jews, we have tails. So we (laughs) tend to hide those. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Noses Mm -hmm. or dummies. <laughs> like a this would be a great time dummy. to reveal that yeah. one of you is that a I am actually wooden. <laughs> 
Randy is the take, actor. Hold on a second. I'm going to yeah. get my hand from out of the... Uh, that is... <laughs> when you were a child, yeah. you, you really wanted a brother. Yeah. I know. And your parents built you on. <laughs> You've been touring with him as like a... I mean, my parent, our parents, what I didn't say is that they yeah. are uh, biological geneticists. So right. They actually yeah. cloned a piece of me yeah. and then created a someone and then yes. he's my right. dad. Brilliant. To uh, take on the road. Yeah, by the that's way. That's going to be the big reveal at the that's end. It? That's, that's it? That's it. That's your I am not left-handed princess right. bride. Right. Exactly. Like, yes. Next stage of the career is that that's that's where we're going. <laughs> Clone human. Uh, all right. What I don't know. I mean, we've used. I mean, none of those. Yeah. I would say we've used to, to answer it honestly. Yeah. Uh, to, to when telling a story, I remember we we told the story about. You probably you guys probably don't know who Richard Simmons is. You know? Who yeah. He is? Okay. You know. Richard yeah. Simmons? I mean, Richard Simmons was a guy that. Like was famous all over the world. Okay, great. That's like, that's actually makes the world. okay. That makes me really happy. Air because- New Zealand are famous for doing to get people to pay attention to the safety demonstration. Air New Zealand, like every like six months or whatever, comes up with a new. So one time, all the like crew were naked, like body painted, and yeah, it, yeah. one time there was a Lord of the Rings one that ran sure, for a while, sure. and so they do all these yeah. like things. But one of them is rich, uh, like they got Richard Simmons, and like by the way, not the difficult whole- to do. So he came on our. We met him one right. one day on a, one time on a flight coming back and just our interaction was insane and we tell this whole story it's on our special okay tell this whole story uh about uh it's like an 11 minute bit about richard simmons meeting richard simmons okay and uh i don't know where i was going with this his hair no props props Props. one time in telling in telling the story of meeting him we have to illustrate how he was sitting on the plane Uh where his like he was on his, he's 64. Uh-huh. So he was on his knees on the chair with his arms on the back of the chair, greeting everyone as they were coming on the bus. Uh, yeah. If yeah. my seven year old or nine year old were right. doing that, I'd be like, sit down like a normal person. We are on a goddamn act, act your age. We are, act your age. We're on a goddamn plane. Right. Like, sit down, sit, sit down. down. But he's <laughs> up and he's doing the thing. So we pull a chair out and we get up on, and I get up on the chair. And that's what, that's about the most proppy yeah. we get. I don't think we've ever used, uh, we used to, oh, you know what we did? We had a bit that we we did a hats. long time ago hats hats i would say hats because okay. hats because that a long a long time the, ago we had a bit where we where called we, it the straight man cabaret so there is sort of i don't know if this exists i, I guess sure it does yeah. queen of the desert Silla queen of the desert all right so this notion of gay man cabaret where they oh, will yeah, dress up yeah. as Liza drag. Minnelli or the, in drag but as and look like the star yeah, and do the and then do lip sync yeah. to a famous uh, female gay yeah. icon Cher or Liza Minnelli or whatever do something Tina like, Turner and they look and they are right. amazing at it and it's basically an art form it's considered right. an art form yeah but definitely when, so when gay men do it it's actually cool but when st- our joke was that when straight men do it it's kind of gay, it's, gay. Right. It's, it's, it's not so <laughs> It's just air guitar, yeah. and you just end up seeming like you don't really. There's no art to it whatsoever, and so we said we would like to Let's create the create first the first ever, ever straight man cabaret. cabaret, and so we wind up doing air, <laughs> taking off, putting on like a crazy like trucker hats, and doing the air keyboard solo and guitar solo to Ario Speedwagon's "Roll with the Changes." Oh. <laughs> And it's like a very intricate like right. keyboard solo with a lot of coming and it, into a drum solo, into a drum solo, into, into a guitar solo, into the end of the thing, and we it's with ridiculous. tennis rackets and I mean it was a ridiculous thing, and we had to carry all that stuff, and then after a while we're like we got to stop doing comedy like this. But all right, it good. was a lot of fun. Hats, there we go. See that works. Yeah. Okay, we can pause. All right. All right, we're back. Great. Uh, yep, it's all working. Good. All right. 
Who do you like to make fun of? Mm. Now, uh, I'm going to give you a list of ones here. Uh, celebrities, mm-hmm. ignorant people, uh, my significant other, mm. teenagers, mm. my parents, rich people, old people, politicians, mean people. Mm, I can't believe it doesn't have yourself on there. That That to me seems like... What we try and do right. is, yes, yes, we like to give it to celebrities. I mean, we've on stage called the Kardashians America's herpes. Right. Because we have to lie to Europe about having that and saying that they were ours. Having them and hoping they don't get it. Yeah, them. we're yes. like, if they go to Paris, we're like, are you guys feeling a burning sensation down in Nice? No. Okay, good. That's not us. Uh, but, I mean, we, I love giving it to celebrities when they do something and incredibly mean stupid. And, and mean people, people and stupid people. But, yeah. I think it's always more fun to bring it back to yourself and how you relate to it and how it relates to you, so and then you ultimately you make... answer the question. Right? So old people, then, right? Old people, <laughs> old people. No, do. Uh, what, what would you say? Like that people. I'd say mean people. Mean people. mean people. mean people. Yeah, mean people. Mean good. people get it. That could encompass some. You know, because here's what I'll say. Uh-huh. Yes, that does encompass some celebrities. Yep. It definitely encompasses old people. Because a lot of old people are mean. Yeah. I mean, because that's, it's kind of, I, I think you're right in a way, which is what you're saying is like, I mean, because obviously you, all those things, lots of those things, right. you know, a bunch of those things that you sure. probably do. But a lot of the time, I think that like good comedy, like comedy that punches up, mm. like you're not having a go at a celebrity because they're a celebrity. Right. You're having a go at a celebrity because they did something. They did something. So you're, but, they're a well, terrible well, it's person. great that you bring that up. Great distinction because you're basically making fun of people's choices as opposed to who they are as a person. Right. So for us, we did a show on uh, on, e- on ESPN, which is the sports channel here, ESPN Classic, called Cheap Seats, where we watched old, weird sporting events. And Everything from dog shows, cheerleading, to spelling bees, and uh, just great stuff. Right. And we made fun of a lot of people in the moment, but what we were trying to do is not make fun of them as people, but more of what their actions and what their choices were in every single moment. And that, to me, is a good line to draw. in the for at least then, then, it, then you yourself aren't mean. You're like, okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, if you're gonna put this out there, there are repercussions. Right. There are people out here who are watching you, and you know, hopefully we can craftily in a funny way and maybe relating it to ourselves. Make fun of ourselves while making fun of your ridiculous decision. Right. And I but I do think that it's it's it was funny. Uh, like po- political humor is the same for me, where and like when I was younger, like, I mean, these are all, you know, things that I think now, I'm not saying that I wasn't guilty of all these mm-hmm. things. Of like, sure. like, you know, when you're younger and you start out in comedy, you just think that shitting on people is what you do. Yeah. You, you do, any, you do anything to get a why, laugh. Yeah. Right? Anything to get a laugh. That's yeah. right. But uh, like, as you get older, it's like, I was, th- I was watching someone the other day and they were calling, uh, our prime minister in Australia is, is terrible. Even the people who voted for him don't like him. <laughs> like he's doing a terrible job. Yeah. And but I saw someone on stage just like, you know, calling him like, you know, he's fuckwit or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, D- don't say he's a fuckwit. Yeah. Like, tell me what he's done. Right. And let me make my own. That's like, right. I'll get the laugh if I agree with like, you know, the, pre- you know, if you tell me why this is bad or why they've done this thing that's ridiculous. Talk to him I like can- why being a citizen there is like being in the worst relationship of your entire life right. because he's like a crazy girlfriend right. who's like doing stuff that you don't. And then suddenly you're like, now I can put him in a context of the craziest girl I ever dated or craziest guy I ever dated. Right. And then and you now- make fun of how you don't know how to leave a relationship. Right. Or then <laughs> exactly. it's kind of. So then, at the, like, and the, the end of that is, joke is, I like, voted for him again. Right? Yeah. I mean, I knew he was a liar. Right. And yeah. now that I'm upset that he's lying, and you know, right. I is, voted yeah. for him again because he is gonna fuck right. me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
he just fucks us so right? hard. Exactly. He does. It's it's like the, and the all the time. Is, I mean, it's, there's a lot of surprise. He's got, he's got a like tremendous just, appetite for you it. You never know. Seriously, I can uh, barely walk. I can't even see it. I can barely walk to the ballot box. From all the fucking. In the ear. So, all right. What do you have to do before you go on? This is interesting to me. Do you have any pre-show rituals? We Nothing ritualistic, but it is funny because we both sort of get very introspective uh, into a place where we kind of... We get small. We get very small before we go out. It's like, it's sort of like you kind of have to wrap it all in, coil up, and then we come out. And, you know, that's not to say we don't want to be so high energy that you're missing what we're saying or that we, in order for something to be funny, we have to say it in a funny voice. That's not what we do, but... It is performative on some level. It has to be a little bit more. It has to be a little bit more than even just one person talking because there's two people and we're, you know, we leave it loose enough that some of the scenes we play out, we're like, they could go anywhere. You kind of want to leave it loose enough. Like we used to do a bit about... We used to do about about the the, the notion of reading fairy tales to the kids, to our kids. And, you know, you get to the end and it's sort of like... Happily ever... the, The one we were, we were sort of... Was was it Snow White? Mm-hmm. Snow White and the oh God. It's been so long since I've done the bit. I can't even remember it. But we talked about how happily ever after is such a weird concept. Like it would be great to check in with those two people. Oh yeah, right. eight months later yeah. at the breakfast table and see what their relationship is all about. And so we sort of play out this scene where she, Snow White, is realizing that that he kind of was attracted to her while she was dead right and so he basically hooked up with a dead person right. and for the first time in the relationship is feeling comfortable enough to ask so she's like coming like, to grips with the fact that she mar- she's gonna spend happily ever after with a necrophiliac right. necrophilia so he's not because she's right. not gonna be dead anymore and if, even if she's dead she can't enjoy it yeah so what was that like to kiss a dead per you know like she's trying to get at it and he's right. trying to get back he's her. cooking her breakfast and so like there's a whole thing about how he it want he kind of knows it's coming right and he so and he wants to turn the argument back on her right. and it's about it's really it turns into a married couple arguing with each other about who has the upper hand because someone knows something about the other person and it's and, and we left it pretty loose we would leave it pretty loose on stage so if he's talking about the chicken apple sausage that he's made you want me to make you another link is that what you want right. I'm, I'm just they're browning they're browning oh. and I'm like I don't want to talk about the links right. you know like I actually really want to talk to you about something we don't really get to talk and yeah <laughs> And he'd be like, the more he'd be like, we're talking right now. Yeah. I'm like, what, turn what? around and face me. <laughs> <laughs> you want the breakfast to go bad? I no, I do not want the breakfast, breakfast to go bad. Turn around and face me I'm so that we can you. have a normal I'm half facing. So whenever we have like a conversation, it's not going to be. And it's like you really get it. Right. There's like a new bit that we're. How, tell me about that process as in like how much oh, yeah. of it will you keep loose like for moments like that and how much of it is like tightly scripted. And a second question, but I'm going to ask it because I'll forget it otherwise, which is. Uh, are you always like in sync energy wise or can mm. one person's energy throw the other person's oh, energy? One person, sometimes we're not in sync. And, and of course, I mean, we perform enough that right. like one person's going to be in it. Both of us could be down, but usually I think, other- I think once we get on stage, like performing is sort of in a bubble uh-huh. and we can usually do a pretty good job shutting out all the things that are going on in our lives and just be grateful that we're on stage. When you, when you have little kids and then you, go do comedy like you start to appreciate getting to go out and do comedy right. if you 
if you want to be around your children and your family and you don't want to only do stand-up all the time, I mean, I, I described this, I was trying to describe like what, what it means to have kids and then continue to do comedy. So when you have a dream to succeed in comedy, I think it's like, imagine your comedy dream is like uh, Harrison Ford in The Fugitive, mm-hmm. okay? It's out there. You're doing your best. Running free. Running for your life. (laughs) And then you have children, and it's like you birth out little Tommy Lee Joneses. Sure. (laughs) So they're coming to hunt down your dream and destroy it. And you're standing at the edge of a drain pipe, and you're going to jump 150 feet, and it could go either way. You could live or survive. But I'm joking, but I do think that in that is there's a little bit of truth where you say to yourself, this career and these moments where we get to go on stage. I think when when you just don't, and I'm not saying you have. I think comedy is a single man's game. I think people who are single, not a single performer's game, but like a single person, man or woman, man really. or woman. But if more you have man the than freedom. Woman, think, if you have the freedom to go up whenever you want and perform, to to really work things out like six or seven times a week, to you to, to even take for granted performing. Like then to you're, go on the road to, to go on the road. Sort of. go, I, look, I'm going to go to Australia and do the Melbourne Comedy Festival for a month. Right. You know, if we're, I just yeah, I just went to Edinburgh for ten days. Cause, cause, cause you can. Right. That would and be a can, wonderful and, thing. And you performed there, yeah. and you got better there, and you learned what international audiences want. If you really work and you try when you're performing, you learn and you get better by doing it. It's ten thousand hours. It's right. Malcolm Gladwell. It's it's you know outliers. outliers that book. But but to answer your question, we do and in that and incorporate what he's saying. You know what Jason's saying. I think as well is we like to have fun on set. We like to make the moments that we are on stage fun. And so yep. one way to do it is to keep, is it, to keep yep. it loose and kind of, you really have to be present because if he's not turning around with the thing, me as an actor in that moment, I have to turn him around. So how do I do it? And it's an improv and we're like, we know we have to get here, but I'm like, turn around. I'm your wife. I'm going to tell you something that is like, we need, let me put it in terms that maybe you can understand. And I won't make it easy on him until he makes me, until he forces me. I have to reach in and grab that out of him. And I think people really enjoy seeing that element of what we do. Like an example of a newer bit that we're trying is, you know, as we're growing, we were 42. We've been doing this for, I mean, in earnest for 20 years. Okay. For longer than that. I mean, the first time we stepped on stage, we were 14. Right. So for 20 years, we've been like professionals, professional comedians. And I mean, we've, we've sort of, it is, it's this thing that we're, we're, we're constantly growing and wondering, well, what do we need to do to change and what not to change, but what to it, evolve, to evolve, right. how do we evolve and how do we take it to the next level? Sure. Kind of back to the Carlin discussion, like how do we, as we grow and I think we figured out through our material, it goes a certain way, but you know, we we're an interesting thing in that we don't sit and argue with each other on stage all the time because the Smothers brothers already did it. Mm-hmm. It's not who we are. It's not organic to who we are as people. It would be a bit of a lie and we like to inject what we're doing with as much truth as we possibly can. Yeah, right. sometimes there's even a little bit of wish fulfillment when people see two twins or two people in so in sync. Like, oh, I wish I had someone else in my life who could finish that thought. Or who- and it's just a different presentation of the comedy team. Right. Because usually there's it's like, like... a postmodern take on a comedy yeah. team. And we've always loved that. But I'm like, well, what, what if we why you know one of the criticisms about us is that there isn't a specific character it's not like all this comedy emanates from my personal character and his and maybe that's something we should explore right. that and we so argue we, more. that we argue more on stage so i bring it up on stage yep. like that maybe may, people that one of the criticisms about us is that maybe and we i'm should. like oh okay we're gonna go into this and so right it's now. loose that i'm like well maybe right. we should and i'm gonna bring up every argument for why we like, should i think 
that is the dumbest idea. So you don't think we should argue on stage? I think we should. I think we absolutely. I think we absolutely should. There's no point. And I'm like, well, but but what if we don't grow? And what if we just stay doing what we're doing? Yeah, we've been successful to a point. That's all you want, though. But don't you want more? Arguing on stage is not funny. I think it is funny. Not what people want to see. He's laughing right now. He's nervous. Will is laughing. He's not comfortable. He's not uncomfortable. He's not liking it. So again, we leave. And how do we recreate this moment every single time? Then in the recreation of the moment, then it's a lie. So we can do it in this moment but then every other time we do it it's a lie I have to agree with that (laughs) (laughs) he he gets the one point at the end where I agree but I mean to me it's like that's such a silly thing that we leave open enough so we know the idea we we know kind of the structure of it but leave it I did did an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm Mm -hmm. with Larry David I don't know if you guys got the show down there but it was Honestly, it was. We have the internet. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Lovely, <laughs> Lovely. So that show worldwide. The web, yeah. <laughs> that show yeah. is improvised. You know, people. I don't know if people know that about the show, but there is no script with that show. Right. So, but you have like, well, explain how. So you go to the audition, uh, and and it was rough because Randy, I, you know, Jeff Garland is a friend of ours. He called us or called our agents and was like. Get me a Sklar. I think one of the Sklars would be funny for this. And if one of them get, doesn't get it, we'll bring the other one in. Uh. So my agents, our agents, for some reason called me in, which I feel bad for Randy that it happened that way. But like, I go in, you, you show up in the audition. There's a bunch of other comedy comedians and actors that I know that I'm aware of. And I, they give you a little slip of paper. And it says, this is the scene. Here's how the scene starts. Here's what kind of has to happen in the scene. And this is how you have to end the scene with this line. How you get there is up to you. Right. So... I'm sitting in there and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so this is an argument scene, which is, which is those are coveted scenes in this show. It yeah. is a very hinges on the Larry David argument. If you can be in an argument scene, it's a very big deal. Yeah. So I go in expecting to be reading with the casting director and Larry's there. And so is, uh, so is Jeff Garland. And it's, so I'm going to be in this scene with Larry David, who I am a huge fan of, and right. I'm a huge fan of the show. And so what I, I don't know why I chose to do this, but I chose in my choice in the acting scene was like, okay, try not to get into an argument with him. I think everyone else is going to come in here and try and make the argument as Uh big and as funny as possible to try and get the role and try to be funny. I'm like, let me see if I can try and be calm and see if I can make him push. Some of that came from what Randy and I were doing on stage. So I'm like, okay. So he, so it's all about folding a sweater and we get into an argument and, and I start calm and I let it build. Because but, also you're a, sa- he's, he was a salesperson in a salesperson. thing. So I don't want to like immediately right. piss off a customer like and get what, another story. What, what makes person? no sense. It makes right. no sense. Right. It, it makes, makes no, no sense, sense in the, the reality, reality of right. the thing. So like what salesperson would immediately start yelling, you're the worst salesperson in the right. world. Or you're psychotic. So that to me is the funny push and pull of this right. thing is that you are still customer and salesperson. That you right. try, I mean, so it's more passive aggressive. But also, the interesting thing about that and I want to hear more about that obviously but the interesting thing about that and this is what I think is the cool twist about it is that I think in the old days people like because everyone one thing that everybody knows about improv it's like it's yes and Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but what some people don't get is you can be like moving the scene forward yes ending it without actually agreeing or going straight to the place that you know they're going there are and other you guys ways. trust each other and know each other that it will get there right so you can go no no no, no I'm gonna mm. make you work, make for, you work this. for it I'm gonna make and you so, pull it out of and me and it was frustrating Larry I could tell it was right. different than what they were seeing and he was getting very frustrated 
And then we were both rising up. And then at some point in the scene, he started laughing. And that's when I started attacking yep. him. And I was like, oh, this is funny to you? Yep. You think this is... And he was like, no, 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 we're done. And I'm like, I don't think we're done. He's like, no, no, the audition's over. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be leaving now. No, no, uh, and you just follow him around yeah. all day. No, like, you don't think like, so. Now we're in this over. argument. Yeah. It's like, he's, he's really good. It's like, like, Jesus, this guy I mean, but the, br- the brilliant... How did he get on the show? He got in an argument with Larry. <laughs> he would And they eventually filmed it. One take. It was great, and I got the part. Well, the best part is that our, you know, the scene itself was actually fe- featured on national public radio as being the quintessential Larry David scene because it oh, started yeah, one right, way, and nice. then it, when Terry Gross did like you know on Fresh Air, which is this big program here on national public radio, I mean millions of people listen to it. She interviewed him and talked about well, they said we're going to play an argument scene, and they played the scene that we did together, which was very. I mean, what a huge honor that was! And that episode, that episode was great. The scene itself could be played on right. NPR because there really wasn't any cursing in it. So he didn't see the rest of the thing. And he told our mom and, and, and our parents about it. It was dad still alive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they told our parents still uh, like about it and they told everyone they knew to watch it, watch the episode, including including our rabbi who was like an older guy with a very sort of deep sort of voice. And he was, I remember he married my wife and I, and he would be like, Randy. Yeah. He's like, never dropped the rabbi voice. Even when like one time I went to go see him and he was like giving me directions. Like it felt like he he was was in the Bible. He was like Christian Bale's Batman. Man. Yeah. Yes. It yes. doesn't matter if there's no one else there. Yeah, no you still there. do the voice. You're in the yeah. suit. You do the voice. Yeah. <laughs> so he, so he was just this like. Anyway, so he was watching it, and then the episode. The whole itself, episode is by far the dirtiest episode. The Crazy oh. Eyes Killer episode where Larry chokes on a pubic hair from uh-huh. going down uh-huh. on his uh-huh. wife, and then there's the the everything's like. You my Caucasian and like this is some Florida shit. Chris Williams was brilliant, and then episode won an Emmy in in America, which was great. Right, and it got a lot of attention. But all, all of this, my parents' friends were like, "Why would you make us watch?" And the rabbi, just thinking of our rabbi uh, watching this, like terrible. I mean, it was, but it was wonderful. It was brilliant, but w- a wonderful thing. It's in interesting though that you we talk about that moment and that scene and that scene being like taken out and recognized and that because you spoke earlier about the. Like that Bill Murray is saying mm. in that like sometimes it's just that one performance or that one moment or that like you know yeah. it's, it's great it it's tells fantastic. more it actually is more than all right that. Uh, so uh, pre-show rituals all right we so we were saying so we get small get we kind of get small because we know yeah. what we're about to all do all right here are your choices let's hear it have a drink do you drink no not before afterwards definitely a right. great post-show drink to just land the plane from being up there fantastic beforehand. That's the yeah, we have to Washington be a little plane land. Yeah, upside down. <laughs> we turn it upside down and then we land it. And take it on in. Take it on in. Kill a few people on the way and then we take it on. Uh, all right. Uh, vocal exercises. Do you do any vocal exercises? No, absolutely not. Uh, throw up. Have you ever been nervous no, performers? No. Definitely, we've been nervous before performances, but we've never. I've never thrown up. Okay. Uh, Twenty push-ups. <laughs> Can I do 20 push uh, yeah, Okay, yeah, so uh, 10 H. You could do mm-hmm. 10 H. Sure, sure, it it's yeah. a team, yeah. Uh, Maybe smoke 11, a cigarite. No. no. Nope. Meditate. Well, mm. that's kind of closer to. You know, that's closer to what that's we do. To what what you do. I started meditating. I started meditating. Have you ever meditated? No, I'm I, like I'd like to. I think. I think you could. I think you could. All I'm saying is, I was very skeptical, right. and then my wife and my kids wanted to do it. Yeah, and I was like. 
all right, uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll give this a try. Right. And we, you go through this whole ceremony, and they they go through. It's like very the guy chants in Sanskrit and takes like flowers and dips it in water. To, so we were there with my kids, and they were receiving their mantras, and we were had to be there with them. And you're holding a flower when you get it, and he chants this whole thing, and then he tells you what. Which the mantra is just a collection of yeah. letters that make a sound. Okay, so it could be like bip or whatever. I mean, whatever it is, he's like it just comes to you, and that's the thing you repeat over and over in your you hear in your mind. So my kids were getting their mantras and very serious moment, very serious. And I'm looking at my wife and I'm really proud of both of my kids, seven and nine, two girls who wanted to get a mantra and meditate. It's going to set them apart. It's such a wonderful thing. And I look over at them and they're beating the shit out of each other with their flowers that they're holding. Like, stop hitting your sister with the ceremonial flowers as she's about to receive her mantra. I've told you that a hundred times. I just love how quickly... Like a fight can start between oh, kids. Easy. I was like, there was like, there was I when I was flying back from uh, England, uh, I was there was this family who were nearby me. So the whole trip, they, they had these three gorgeous young girls. I'd say probably like I, I'm not really great at guessing ages, but I'm going to say like maybe a, a six year old, a three year old, and a two year old. Okay. But like two good like kids who were kind of like it's their first time on a big plane mm. and they're sleep. You know, it was. Yeah. But they were so Big well deal. behaved for yeah. the whole trip, and they'll go. But then we're in the line, you know, to come through custom, and it was like an hour long, Ugh. and they were all so gorgeous together. And then I just saw because I was watching them, I just saw. I was like, and then they were just fighting. I was oh, yeah. like, how did oh. that? Like you all like. Uh, no, Bang, it just like, I, my, I am no longer a parent between my two kids. I'm basically a small claims court judge. Right. I literally am like, well, who? What's the oral agreement? And yeah. why? Who's what renting whose apparent? It's like the worst thing. You're in the judge world. Judy. Yeah. I am Judge Judy. Yeah. So uh, I would say meditate is okay, probably meditate. Yeah. Listen to music. Sometimes, sometimes, but, but I'd say meditate. Meditate yeah, is yeah. like the in the yeah, sort of the right. word for getting small. That's good. No, I like that. Meditate's good. I'm I'm into that. Let's go with six uh, here. Well, I think we're nearly done. By the okay. way, uh, what do you do if you're bombing now? Okay, it's funny when we. I mean, we've it, we blame happened. each other. We blame yeah. each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Why that's the nice thing it? about having yeah. someone else on yeah. stage. Culpability right? is no longer you. You can blame someone else. Uh, when we start bombing, we start delivering our material to each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so you're using the lines of what we're saying to basically accuse berate each other, other and accuse the other. It's like a very much of like a mental game of sorts where like. I'm using the material, the lines of material that are mo- supposed to be comedy and funny right. to dig into him for why this isn't going well. Right. So it's like watching a couple have an argument where you're like, I know this is not about what they're, yeah. like they're, they're talking about. Yeah, I love else. going. I, no, I love yeah. going there in the summertime. Yeah. It's, it's great. great. Yeah. You're no, full of great yeah, decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Remember last summer? Yeah. Cabin was great. Yeah. <laughs> Whose choice was that? All right, so these are your choices. Uh, you can either talk to the audience, uh, ignore it, relax. That doesn't sound like what you're doing. Uh, try harder, mm-hmm. apologize, mm-hmm. say something crazy, yeah. get aggressive. That sounds a little bit like I what you I say get aggressive, but not on the audience, on, on each, each other. other. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah, okay, that's where we're going to go with get aggressive. Uh, what did it feel like the first time you got a laugh? Okay, for, when was the like, first time that you remember? Mm, first time, time was we were 14 years old we did stand up in st louis at a high school talent show we were very young i mean i think it felt great I, it's hard to fully remember back then because that's mm-hmm. so, long so long ago, ago. Um, but i'll just say that every time you get the type of laugh you hope you get from your stuff like we were just in cincinnati performing this outdoor show in front of several thousand people and the 
when there was a big laugh that came back at us in from into the night because you're staring out and you can't really see anything. The lights are so bright, but you know it's like people go back really far on this huge hill and they're there to see us and we go out and we do and get a big laugh. I, to me, it feels like every time we've ever gotten a laugh. It's just you go right back down the ladder and it it's the reason why we do it I, in that moment, I would say. All right, that's good. So well, you can choose from one of these okay. uh, ones. Like I knew what I was doing, a rush, like love, like I was more attractive, like I had won, like mm. I wanted more of it, a relief, like a drug, like I was in charge. They're your choices. I'd say a, a rush. A rush or to me, whenever we, I think it's closer to like I knew what I was doing. Like I was in charge. Like, yeah. a, like I knew, no, those are two different. Like I knew mm. what I was doing. It feels more like, yep, this is what we're supposed to do. Right here. This is what we're supposed to do. Right. You get the laugh and you're like, that worked. It took so much to get us to this place. We know what we're doing. Also, we know what we do is a little bit different. We ask the audience to go a little bit further. We ask them to, it's not going to be straight up the middle. You're going to have to stretch it a little bit. So when it does work, we're like, yep, that's it. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So I mean, what do you yeah. think? In charge yeah. or I like we know what we're doing? Like we know what we're doing. I'd say like I'll we know what we're that. doing. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm happy with that. I think also the fact that you started doing an act together like probably lends itself to that answer anyway because mm-hmm. you have had to have thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard for you. Like, you know, some people go, I just stumbled into it. Yeah, I walked up to, in front of people and yeah. started making jokes. It's very stuff. hard for two people to stumble into it. Yeah, right. we, we, we both, both stumbled, stumbled up on there. It. It's weird. <laughs> Next thing we know, we're doing a syncopated act <laughs> with incredible timing. Just fell into, mm-hmm. all right, this one's the, this is the final one. Now, okay. uh, what would you call your comedy club? Have you ever thought of having a comedy club? Does the idea of having a comedy club in any way? <laughs> well, you know, are there really are there crazy names for comedy clubs in in Australia? Is there no. like the, the Chuckle Hut, no. and laughs? But and all the all the options you'll have here are going to be go nuts. And, but no, in Australia, I mean, it's really like the Comics Lounge, the Comedy Store. Yeah, yeah. You know. It has to have comedy in the name yeah. to remind people what they're coming to right. do. Yeah, sure. I mean, mm, I don't know. I'm trying or, to think of ones that we truly, truly love. I mean, I don't love like comedy names for right. comedy clubs like rooster tea feather like I, it could be a great place but right now i'm turned off just by uh, hearing yeah. that some even like sh- uh, and the the best is when you take an idea or a name that means this is a hard one to answer because i think of like the helium clubs we talked about the helium clubs our friend mark grossman who runs those clubs right. who years ago was interested in setting up. he's a friend of a friend of our very close friend of ours he was interested in starting one he and called us before he opened the first one and said well, how do do you have any advice and we said it's all about who you book right. you've got to book great people establish a voice for this club make the best comedians out there want to perform there and then you'll build an audience that will come back even if they're like i don't know who will anderson is i've never heard him but he's here helium doesn't make mistakes that let's go let's have him let's by go by the way i out. will be at helium in philly in december, december three to six thanks so guys. definitely <laughs> no good plug so definitely check that out but but the point is that like you know when they take a name like Helium, which yeah. I wouldn't consider to be a great name, but now it represents right. the gold standard. It's in a good clubs. brand. It's now. a good brand. brand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's not like Radiohead is the 
best name in the world. No. Radiohead made the name Radiohead cool. Right. Like, yeah. it sounds like cool. a great band name now. Yeah, exactly. But if they were like, you know, Men With Hats. Yeah. Like, they'd men, be like, it's men, all men With Hats and Radiohead. What if they call Men, men with, with Hats? Oh, Men Without Hats. Yeah, but I like <laughs> the, the idea of a different band, Men it's With it's Hats. It's the cover band. They open up it's the tribute act. That would be so great. Well, they've got hats because they're bald now. They need hats. They used to have long, flowing, gorgeous, renaissance fair hair. <laughs> no, they're just. Men. I don't want to get. It's like we're men with hats. We don't want to get the head skin cancer up yeah. top. The spots. I had to have one removed. So now we are men. We are men with hats. I like to think that maybe it's one of those ones where, like, you know, sometimes when a band has like a falling out, and then one of them continues to tour as like yes. the band, and then there's like lots of legal trouble. Yeah. So I, I hope that. Oh yeah. Well, then yeah, I'll be wait, men wait, with I, hats. I think I saw in the photo advertising that Men Without Hats was performing in front of us. That the huh. band member, one of the guys, was wearing a hat. Wearing a hat. <laughs> I think that's bullshit. That is BS. That is and one bullshit. Guy. That's one there's guy. an asterisk. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, an asterisk. Minus and Larry. And Larry. <laughs> <laughs> who insists on wearing a hat. <laughs> and we told him. We said, don't. That's not the name of the man. Okay. Uh, um, so let's hear the names of these. These clubs. are your, your choices. Preci- Precious Roy's Joke Emporium. Mm-hmm. The Brew Ha Ha Ha. We just performed at the Brew Ha Ha Fest. Uh, the Funny Factory. Mm. Here's uh, factory's always That's strange to me. Uh, there's like an old restaurant here called the Old Spaghetti Factory. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know who doesn't like to eat at factories? People who work in factories. Right. Yeah. Like there's That's just a horrible place. There's just go. like a terrible. Did you ever like, read Upton Sinclair's The Jungle about uh, Chicago, yes. like the meat packing factories yeah. where yeah, like people guy, rub their ears off because it's, it's so, so cold. They rubbed and their ears fell off. That's what a factory. That's is That's what to a factory me. is. So I wouldn't say people like like you never want to think of comedy as being like part of an assembly line. No, it's that's what it's going to be like. The club. It's gonna it's gonna <laughs> be like where they make the iPhones and yeah. there'll be like a net around the building. Over here is where we do. We've got three year old Malaysian kids working. On punchlines, right. <laughs> they're lacing up the setups over here, and then they're uh, all right. The funny factory, alive ladies, laughs, and live worst. Uh. Seizures Palace, uh. Chortle, the Chortle. Champagne Room, mm. Funny Business, Mm-mm. or My Mum's Basement. They're your choices. I know none of them are None good of them are great. One without hats and he's wearing a goddamn costume. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I just had a show on that picture. I would say, uh, I mean, my mom's basement. I maybe think that's, is, by the way, maybe that's their twist. Maybe that's their, like, Sklar's argument. We're doing it now. We're doing it now. We're doing it now. We're wearing hats. That may be. What, if, what if all of our material starts going that way? Right. That would be the name of our next album. Sklarguments. Sklarguments. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just named our next I album. Love, you just named our next album. Sklarguments. Love it. Tiny Sklarguments. So that is hilarious. I'd say the basement one. Mom's basement. Okay. I think it to me would be the most interesting. All right. <laughs> All right. So what does we it say? Now, who are we? The first thing that I need to point out oh, is good. none of the answers. Like, this is why I like doing it. Yeah. Dave Anthony got Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. Not the first person you would necessarily no, think No, but of. literally for us, one of our heroes. Right. In so it'd be great who, if you guys got Seinfeld, right? It's not yeah. One happen. of your all-time heroes. Not going to happen. I got Steve Martin, one of my all-time heroes, but oh. my comedy is nothing like Steve Martin. No, like it's very it, different. Completely different, right, right? right? Yeah. So the accuracy. He's absurd. Yours more observationally right. or like and pointing out storytelling. And what whatever. did Jen Kirkman get the other day? Oh, Hers Kirk's. was something suitably bizarre as okay. well. So anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't even imagine. It's worth it. I can't imagine. But this imagine. whole. Okay. Like, who are, did, you, did you put it in? You know who it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You've made it up off the D list. This mm-hmm. is the description. Mm-hmm. 
to become one of the biggest draws in comedy. Oh, I don't know if that's necessarily a good the thing. The biggest draw, because I think there are right. two types of comedians. I'll uh -huh. say this right now. I think sure. there are comedians who try to get the most laughs out of the room, yep. and there are comedians who try to do the funniest thing they can possibly uh -huh. do. And you hope that those two things meet. Right. But we hope that we're trying to do the funniest thing we can do, and if the laughs come, then that's great. I absolutely agree with you. That's always the thing that I would say to new people and stuff as well, is you're not talking to everyone in the room. Right. Like eventually you want to get to a point where everyone in the room is there like, to see you. Is there to see you. Right, right. But until then, you're just getting rid of people who won't yeah. let you do what you like, you know, seriously. It's like, like, Paul, it's like, like the you, Beastie Boys album, yeah. Paul's Boutique. Right. That got all rid of all the people who were like, saw him on the Madonna tour and they were like, yeah, Kid, well, Kid A by uh, Kid Radiohead. A. Right. They were just like, you're either in or you're right. out. Yeah, get out. If you're in, you're on you for the ride. You can still re-listen to OK Computer. It's That's fine, right. it's but fine. we're going somewhere else right. now, <laughs> and we don't need all of you. That's right. right. We're doing a little Facebook call. That's right. We don't <laughs> have enough room. Right. We're sweeping away some of the friends. We're downsizing. That's right. right. Yeah. No. Uh, all right. I absolutely agree with you on all that. Oh Jesus. Uh, as long as you keep your fire on those who act like they're above you, you'll stay on top. Oh God. Mm -hmm. You got Dane Cook. Here's what here's what happens when you combine <laughs> this class. Oh God. Kathy Griffin. <laughs> oh, who I love. Who I love. <laughs> there you go. She's we, a friend of ours. I know her and I, I know love, love her. I, and that's not what I think of. When... I, well, not either. But although we do tell some stories right. like that are Griffin. I, she I, is. Griffinesque? So, she is so fast. Mm. She is one of the funniest people go. we know. I mean, that. if you hang with her, she is one of the funniest She's people. She's the only person we've ever written for, like doing a big TV show. We You've like, written for Yeah, yeah we, we wrote a thing. This may that, be the first time the computer's I actually. I actually like what the computer is saying. Yeah. I mean, look, are we, do we have a large gay following? No. no. Uh, maybe. Maybe. But the ones uh, are the twins. Yeah, but yeah exactly. I know. There is a fantasy going on there. Right. Yes. But but I am, that's it might have been one of those things where like one guy was trying to uh, type twinks yeah. and just like accidentally like, drop the K off and, he, and just saw something yeah, that he liked. Suddenly a whole new <laughs> like, fetish is. Uh, yeah, look, it's not, it's not very healthy to be bears anymore. We need yeah. to lose some weight. And right. get, so we need a new thing. That's right. Twins. Oh, yeah, twins. Uh, no, but I actually, knowing her and loving her, then I would say, you're yeah, happy with Kathy Griffin? Honored. Oh, honored. Right, there you go. Look honored. at that. Well, that's probably the first time that anyone has been honored by the quiz. That's a nice. There you go. The quiz honored nice, us. Thank you, nice quiz. Nice note to finish on. Thank you. People can listen to your podcast. Us, it's called Scalabro Scalabro Country. Country. It's free on iTunes in Scalabro County. They're like one is sports and comedy, uh -huh. uh, but really not so much sports. You learn about kind of what's going on, and we try and make it as funny as possible with good. It's not. Videos. Here's the thing that I would say: it's not inside sports. No, no. like it's one of those things where, uh, like you know, you can listen. And people are talking about things in a way you go, oh, I don't get yeah. that because I don't know that guy. And, and if it ever it's goes like, there, yeah. we That's, say it's sports for comedy fans right. and it's comedy, comedy for, for sports, sports fans. fans. Right. So if you actually know something about it, yes, there will be some morsels and bits for yeah. you that you will actually really If you really don't know enjoy. anything about it, you'll hopefully learn something and laugh. Right. Look at that. So that's there's a, that. That's a good plug. What, and then uh, what, can people like get your specials and stuff in Australia? In is it on? It's, like, it's on Netflix here. Netflix here. But it's on iTunes. You can see. Uh, okay. I'm sure you can get cool. it from there. It's called the last special we did is what are we talking about? You watched the beginning. I just of it. watched the first like 11 minutes or whatever, yeah, yeah. which is this like amazing. Like I won't try to spoil it, but it's like a sports cast sketch. It's, it's amazing. It's yeah, so funny. Yeah. Thank you. And like and because and I'm so glad it was because that would have been so fucking awkward if, if we, we made, made you watch it and it was just we're like. 
you got to watch it. We like, have to like, like, And because you're watching me watch it. I know. Which was like, a little uncool of on, us. On a phone because my yeah. computer wasn't working. It was a little uncool of us and to I put you on the spot like that. We thought you would have been like, right. I felt like I knew you. It's a confident move though, right? It's a confidence in yourself, which goes back to the question there. Do you think you're, who is the person you have to make laugh the most is yourself. So if we think it's funny, if you think it's funny, then that's the way it is. So yeah, they can check that out. And I hope too, I mean, it's something that we really want to do is come and perform in Australia. Right. There are two places where we really want to perform in Australia and England, eventually maybe in Edinburgh. But I mean, I, it's a place that I've never been to Australia. Jason's been, and, been I and I really, it. really, really want to come and we really want to do shows. And I wonder if what we do can translate down there. I, I would love it. If I, it I mean, I think it will easily. I mean, the other thing is like, I always say this to American comedians is that you'll be amazed firstly that you'll have a following down there. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. um, yeah, I always encourage people if they like people on the podcast, like, you know, hit them up on Twitter or Facebook and let Please them know. Please do. We're at Sklar Brothers. It's good for people to know where, like, because people, like, as performers, like, I'll get people, like, you know, hitting me up. And I've been to a few clubs in America because there was a bunch of people in that town for whatever reason who said, come who said, here. We'll, like, yeah, said come here. Yeah, and said to the club, and the club was like, you know, we'll book him. We'll book him. Sure, Great. we've That's got how enough requests. Yes. So if people like, if there is a bunch of people in Australia who are like, hey, I know, like, hey, we'd love if you came down, then yeah. you can start to kind of go, oh, well, actually, maybe it's worth. You it. know, this is something that we can go and like experiment with. So yeah. I always do encourage people to, yeah. like, a lot of the time, all people is waiting for going, hey, come here, and you're like, oh well, I could come there. Yeah. If there's a, enough of a demand for that That's sort right. of thing. Yep. So um. Yeah, it's, I, I think you'd have a great time down there. But the thing I always say to people is Australians, because we have grown up consuming half American culture and half English culture, essentially. Right. Like, Australians would know more about what it's like to be a neurotic New York Jew from watching Woody Allen movies <laughs> yes, and Seinfeld, Seinfeld. or whatever yeah. right. than they would if they live in Sydney and they've never been to Darwin. Right. Like, you, know, they would, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's Because right. that's what we've been exposed to. So you'd be surprised even that at the stuff that you think, well, this won't travel, that yeah. people will... I mean, the thing that they say culturally is always that if America sneezes, the world catches a cold because <laughs> it all starts... <laughs> yeah, that's a great... That's a great... So, I've never heard right, that. Anyway, great. we've got to finish up. Uh, okay. So... Uh, Thank you so much for doing this. Thank I you. was on your podcast. People, if you enjoyed the guys on my pod- podcast, go and check it out. Hello, if you are coming from like... Uh, Arth- your and podcast, we'll we'll and put it out there. Out yes, well. you should definitely check this guy out. Because Welcome and to what the he podcast. Does. Yeah. Um, have you guys got dates or anything? Or where can people find your dates? I mean, if people listen to you in America, they can go to supersclars.com, S-U-P-E-R-S-K-L-A-R-S.com. Go to our Twitter feed We are and follow us. We are at Sklar Brothers, S-K-L-A-R-B-R-O-T-H-E-R-S. Uh, and we usually say, hey, we're coming here. We'll be here. I mean, we're going to be in Napa as long as everything's okay next Sunday. And then we're going to be in uh, on the 31st. Then we'll be in Denver at the Comedy Works, which is mm-hmm. a great place downtown. Northwest Podcast Festival. Northwest Podcast Podcast Festival in Vancouver is going to be great on October 4th and 5th. Portland in uh, on the uh, the following weekend at the Helium from like the 11th and 12th. And Phoenix in uh, December. But, so, but check the site. You'll check the it. site. It'll tell you where we're going to be and please come up to us. If you heard us on this podcast, please come up. We love to find out like where people found out. Yeah, it's great. Be. And I uh, have a bunch of dates as well. I'll post all mine on my Twitter and my Facebook and stuff. But uh, Seattle, Dallas, Illinois, Chicago, Rosemont. Um, 
some other places. There's other places. It's great. They're all Denver. great places. Did I say that? Denver. No, Somewhere. you didn't. Denver. Denver. No, it's great. And then you're going to be in uh, Philly. And in Philly. Philly at Helium. That sounds like that sounds great. like a, a lot. Th- that's a lot. That's of a things. lot of dates. Yeah. That's so. I in some of those places, come to those. That'd mm-hmm. be great. Uh, in Australia, my uh, Perth, uh, Kalgoorlie, and Darwin shows are all on sale. So I'll just tweet about those later. Uh, thanks so much for being part of the podcast, guys. I appreciate it. Thank what a you. blast. Thank you.